if you're going to make a huge change in your business, um, you, you better consult quite a few people, um, kind of play out every scenario and uh, even even ask for advice outside of your circle. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. In this episode, you're going to hear Todd and I reference um, Gay Lisby and Gary Ray's group, the Amazon Seller Tribe. Um, it is a group that we actually members of, um, and what I you're going to hear us talk about it. So I, I don't want to you know go too much. And yes, they sponsor my show, and yes, they pay me. So I, I don't want to mislead anyone. I never want to, um, but. I believe in them so much because um, I've seen the difference that they make. So here you're going to hear this this interview and you're going to hear somebody who sells well over seven figures and yet joins a group like this. And what he's getting from it is not what you would expect. It's not the list of stuff to buy. That's not what he's getting from it. And he gets that too, but that's not what he's getting from it. And if you're missing something in your business and your life because your business and your life will meld together, it becomes one. Um, this might be the right group for you. Um, and how you get in is you uh, just go join uh, Amazon Seller Tribe. I do have a link, so if you're interested in joining, um, it's amazonsellertribe.com forward slash momentum, and you can see some of the stuff that's offered through my page. But you don't even have to go there. Just go and join the group. Um, they want to make sure you're real and see if there is a connection. If you do, then come out and use my link, and you can get 14-day free trial on their stuff. But more importantly, just see if that's a group of people that you could connect with, ones that you can maybe develop real, honest relationships with. Um, and I'm suggesting it because we're in it. And, uh, of course, you can reach out to me if you have any other questions about it. Okay, let's get into the podcast. Are you looking forward to 2020? Are you looking forward to finally having better control of your business and knowing your numbers? Hi, everyone. I'm Anna Hill, CPA, e-commerce seller and founder of the popular Accounting We Will Go Facebook group. In my podcast, Amazon Accounting Podcast, I repeat the phrase, know your number so often because I believe that is the key that top sellers have that makes the difference to their success. They can see what is working and more importantly, what isn't working. They make adjustments on the fly and they get to do it every month because they have good, strong monthly financial statements. Now, I know it sounds intimidating to figure out how to get from where you are now to that place of having monthly financial statements like these top sellers have, but that's why we created the course Amazon Accounting Simplified, which will help you understand what it takes to set up, maintain, and really manage your business with QuickBooks Online. In the course, we break down step-by-step -step, all that is necessary to know your Amazon-specific business, learn how to handle cost of goods sold, inventory, operating expenses, and so much more. We even teach you how to reconcile your Amazon statements so that you know how much you've earned from Amazon. We will help you understand what it takes to systematically get accurate monthly financial statements so you can be better prepared for success in 2020, finally. Oh, we'll even help you get ready for the tax returns when it's tax time. So if this is the year you're finally ready to take action, and this is the year that you want to get control of and work on your business and not in your business, we are here to help. The course can be started at any time and will allow you to pause, understand, and implement what we have learned and what we've taught you from real-life e-commerce examples before moving on to the next stage. Each section builds on each other with easy-to-understand and even easier-to-implement solutions for your business. Access is for a lifetime, and you also have access to the free private Facebook group for all other students in the course. 
So if you're ready to take on that journey, then get the course. Please go to accountingwewillgo.com forward slash momentum and get the course Amazon Accounting Simplified. Thanks so much, guys. Once again, this is Anna Hill, CPA, e-commerce seller and founder of the popular Accounting We Will Go Facebook group. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 425, Todd Ferguson. Man, I could talk to him all day. Um, you know, I guess in so many ways, uh, we have similar paths, uh, in business. Um, and, uh, he clearly spins a lot more plates than I do. He is way more masterful, but, you know, similar to Dan Wentworth being a district manager where you're managing type A, strong type A personalities who are, you know, individually running a store that, that leader, you're hurting a whole bunch of those types of people. That is a skill set that I don't have, um, but you clearly see it in Todd. And uh, what a great story. Um, what a terrific guy, uh, good story. And he has a prep center, so if you're looking for a prep, might be something uh, worth checking out. Let's get into the podcast. And welcome back to the E-Commerce Momentum Podcast. I'm excited about today's guest because we're kind of kindred spirits in business. Um, the operations are similar in some ways, and I'm sure they're different in other ways, um, but but a lot of similarities. And I think there's value to help people who are thinking about going the direction that my guest and I are in or are going to utilize services that my guest and I offer. Todd Ferguson. Welcome, Todd. Hey, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for coming on. I know you're very busy. Um, it was a big Q4, was it not? It was a great Q4. It was yes, a great Q4. Around. Yeah, that's what I say, too. It didn't seem like it was going to be, did it? It didn't. You know, I was a little worried. I think everybody was just with the time frame from Black Friday to Christmas. Um, Being shortened, us, right? Because it was short. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but for us, honestly, it was the most profitable Q4 we've had. Oh, so that's interesting. I'll take that any day. Yeah, let's start there. Why? Why is it more profitable this year? What 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 did you learn that you put in place in your business? Well, um, we do kind of the whole gamut of retail arbitrage, online arbitrage. We have wholesale, and we also have private label. And so our wholesale accounts and our private label stuff, we've gotten better at forecasting and really using previous year's data to um, make sure that we're stocked to know what new items we're going after. Um, and so for us, that's where the most profit is. Uh, of course, you know, the, the retail arbitrage and online arbitrage, when you're turning your money super quick, that's kind of the name of the game uh, for Q4. But for us, the profit, like the big profit, I mean, we had one item um, that I shared with somebody else that we've developed that we sell for $6. Or we, sorry, we, we, it cost us about 6 bucks, and we sell it for right around $27. And oh, it gets geez. under, under 10000 rank in toys. And it's just volume. So, this is Vaughn, yeah, and but we're making great money too, and there's really little prep involved, and so that's the kind of stuff that you know that, that excites me. And that uh, that gives you, I love the idea that you forecast. That also gives you the ability to plan for this year, because one of the things we were talking about in the pre-call was you know uh, warehouse services, and we'll talk about that in a second. But but I was impressed that you knew your forecast for this year. That's impressive. I, I think if you're going to run a legit business. Um, you need to know that. Yeah, but how many people, I'm, I mean, let's face it, you and I are in some groups. How many people have taken the time to do a budget for this year? How many people? I would say very few. But that's, I, I think that's part of the learning process, too. Oh, interesting. Um, when, when, you're, when you're starting out, I mean, you're really, you think about somebody brand new that's starting, uh, that's learning retail arbitrage or online or whatever. Like, there's so many different things. And, and the way you're going to make your money is when you're buying your stuff. 
when you're buying your items. You know, you don't make it when you sell it necessarily. Um, and I think budgeting or forecasting um, is, is a skill that you have to kind of learn along the way. Well, you're forced to learn it very quickly with this business because it's such a cash heavy or inventory heavy, but it that equates to cash business. And so you have no choice, but, you know, it's, and especially older sellers that have the biweekly payout or newer sellers, excuse me, that have biweekly payouts, that makes it even more challenging, right? Because they're waiting until they get their money. Absolutely. No. Yeah. We, we've been selling since 2013 and we still have biweekly payouts. Like I, I think it I changed in 2011. Um, we went FBA in 2011 and we made it to daily. Um, and, uh, but I think there are some parts of 2011 that don't have that. So it's weird. I, I don't understand it. I've never questioned. It. I've been very fortunate. I'm not complaining and I'm not, you know, I don't boast about it. It's just, it is what it is. There's nothing I could do. I didn't do anything special. Right. And it's just part of your business. Like you just learn to adapt and, and work with what you got and make it happen. So that's uh, one of the important things. Uh, well, let me, let me, let's get some perspective about Todd before, and we'll go into your background, but you know, you're a seven, mega seller, I'll call it that. <laughs> um, but you also have a warehouse, 10,000 square foot warehouse, which is impressive. Um, you have bunches of clients. And as you sell, you sell in, in all four categories. Um, and I'm interested to hear about eBay Can or uh, uh, Amazon Canada, because not many people sell there. So I'm interested to hear about that. Um, but you also on McCarry and on eBay. So you've really built out a pretty good sized business um, for yourself there. And you're touching a lot of, I mean, you're spinning a lot of plates as we like to say here. <laughs> yeah. You know, one thing I've, I've heard previously and I'm, it's nothing new is that you need to have multiple streams of income and, and granted that, you know, we we're online sellers. Um, but we've always tried to really branch out in any way that we feel that like we can make money and be profitable. Then we're going to do that. Uh, and, and most of the stuff too, you know, I, I, I personally don't touch, so, you know, we've hired people, outsourced it, if you want to call it that. I mean, it's all in-house, but we've hired people to maintain these. <clears throat> you know, like, for, for example, eBay, when we first started, of course, it was all me. Now I can't tell you the last time I actually shipped out an eBay item or, or listed anything. We have a full-time person that does that. Oh, yeah. I am not at that scale. Now, we have – there's four of us here, um, including my wife, and uh, I tend to ship still quite a bit. I mean, I, I do touch a lot. Not every day. Um, there are lots of days, and I can get away, which is really good because uh, we uh, we brought on my son and another guy uh, this year, and they can fill in when I'm traveling. Uh, but we definitely have not scaled to your level of sophistication. Um, now, on clients, you – you do something different than we do. You actually prep. We do not prep. How many clients do you prep for? Um, right now, I believe as of today, we have 27 people <laughs> that we, we offer prep services for. So that's pretty significant. Um, that's a lot of moving pieces. It is. Um, and, and it didn't happen overnight. You know, we've, we usually pick up two or three clients um, a month as word kind of spreads. And, you know, people refer people to us. Um, and are they sending in mostly online arbitrage stuff to you? Is that typical? That's, that's the typical customer. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, once we get somebody in there though, and they kind of see how the process works, we also do people that have wholesale. We've had people send us private label stuff. We also have people that send us uh, large bulk buys of closeout merchandise. So we actually store that for them and then prep it when it's ready. Okay. So, but, but our, our main customer is, is an online arbitrage customer. How, how how difficult is that to manage? Because I, I, we don't do, we do it for ourselves, but we don't do it for any other person, um, online arbitrage or anything like that. There, there's a seller, um, I store his stuff, um, and he has, he has sent me some things, but I just do it as a 
because I'm friends with them, you know, as a convenience thing. Um, we have not managed that. What, what, what are some of the pitfalls um, if somebody's thinking about getting in that? Because I want to get to one of the reasons why we both do warehouse services. But what are some of the pitfalls, especially for online arbitrage people? Well, if you're not an organized person, um, I really think that's a detriment if you're going to really use a prep center. Because for us, there's certain items that we require, certain data, um, you know, as far as communication and to make sure everything's accurate and on, on point. Um, there's that. Also, you know, the level of expectation is sometimes people, in my opinion, sometimes people over prep items. Mm. Like they want it to look so immaculate when it gets there. And yes, we want it to look good, but, you know, they're going to. They're going to board fold a T-shirt and make sure it's perfectly crisp. Um, by the time it gets to the customer, you know, we all, we've all received Amazon items. that <laughs> A 17-inch by 40-inch box with, uh, you know, a pack of uh, yodels in it, right, or something like that, right? I think and, it's and 64 crap. ounces, yeah, 64 ounces of, like, laundry fluid in there, too, or yeah. laundry detergent. Like, yeah. Guaranteed to leak. Guaranteed yeah. to leak. Yeah. You know, and so we, we – that's not saying we don't prep items the right way and then we're not careful we are, but there some people, you know – even it's just they their their expectation is a little too high, um, and they want everything to be absolutely perfect. So for us, it's speed and efficiency, um, accuracy, and and I think if you talk to some of our clients, that they would attest to that as far as speed, especially even doing Q4. We we very rarely got past a 36 hour turnaround time. Um, we were pretty close to that 24. You know, if you if you wanted your stuff shipped daily, it was shipped daily. Okay. Um, but you know it's. And also, you know, it, when you start sending stuff to a, a warehouse, there's a, a learning curve for both people, uh, especially if you've never done it before and you got to learn the, the processes and the systems. Um, but you also have to realize, that, you know, if you think we've got 27 different customers right now, we have multi, multi, multi-million dollar customers. And then we have people that send us 50 items a week or 50 items a month. Um, and so you have to realize that, you know, there there's not necessarily an order, but there is. Yeah, there has you know, to be. There, there, there has, you know, the people that, that are sending us stuff and we're shipping daily. Those, those are the priorities. Not that, not that everybody's not important. Um, but there are people, you know, I think sometimes you, you send somebody 10 items and you want to know why it hasn't shipped. So mm. just, just kind of the expectation level there. And, and honestly, you know, we try to have a phone call with people at the very beginning, um, to really go through the expectations, what we expect, what they expect. Um, and I think if you can do that and actually have a conversation as opposed to a Facebook message or an email that a lot of that can be ironed out. For us, uh, the customers that have been at other prep center, not prep centers, other warehousing, especially the more um, non uh, non Amazon uh, warehouses, you know, the ones that have really, you know, the the more professional ones, they love <laughs> when they come to something like where we, I can actually talk to a real person. It's going to be the same person, and I could I could have a problem, and you could fix it. Where when you get to those larger places, but that's the trade-off, right? Uh, we can't turn. Um, I don't have 50 guys here to unload your container. I have to bring in people to do that kind of thing. So that's part of our challenges. Um, do you do any uh, container? Are you getting anything by container from China? Uh, no, we're not. Okay. No, we 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 receive truckloads of merchandise. You know, full full truckloads. Um, but that's usually closeout merchandise, but nothing as far as a container. Okay. We have that ability. We just haven't. Yeah, that if when you get to that place and your first one's coming, or if you need to price it, talk to me. I'll help you with that because that okay. is that awesome. is a challenge. 
Um, but it's also, you know, it's awesome, but it is a challenge uh, because you only have a couple hours to do it. And, you know, uh, when you're not, you're not designed for that. It's not like our warehouse has automation. You know, some of those things have the things that extends in the back of the container and it's, you know, rollers that, you know, conveyors and stuff. We don't have that, you know, so we're, we're a bunch of people yeah. that hoist and, and lift. Uh, you might've seen some of the pictures yeah. of Andy, uh, doing some of that work. We, uh, we, it's a good workout. It is a good workout. Um, I, I guess I should go back, um, because I, I hope people at this point understand scope. Um, we're talking about somebody who sells over seven figures himself um, as a business in all the different channels in multiple countries on multiple platforms and has a large scale, I would call it a large scale warehouse uh, for a small, a large scale, small warehouse. Maybe that's the right term. Um, so from a perspective point of view, that's, that's a lot. How do you get to the place that your life is this, Todd. How do you, how do you get to to be at this point in your life? Because that's a lot of responsibility. It is. You know, I, I actually enjoy the responsibility. I, mm. That's part of it. Um, I enjoy not necessarily the pressure, but I enjoy that. Uh, but honestly, it, it comes from relationships and building your team. You know, I, I my background, I probably hired thousands upon thousands of people. You were in retail, um, correct? I was in I was in retail, yeah. Um, I ran a couple of different stores, and then I was a district manager. And so I've hired Ooh. tons of people. I've hired tons of managers. And you kind of learn what to look for in people. Um, and you learn what you need and, of course, what your strengths and your weaknesses are. And, you know, like for me, for instance, as far as our, our actual side where we sell on, I really don't enjoy online arbitrage or sourcing. And so I outsource that. We have teams of VAs that do that. Um, so we've just worked on team building. Relationships have been huge for us this last year. Um, really just investing our time into people, finding those relationships with people that you can trust. And it's crazy when you can really invest into somebody else. And when you, Or you go into a relationship and you're not just looking to take. You're looking to see what else, what you can provide. That those relationships blossom and they open up doors that, you know, we, I would have never thought would have happened. Who is harder to hire? Uh, because you're like Dan uh, Wentworth, who was a district manager. Dan had 17 um, type A cats that he was trying to herd every single day, and it was insane. You've you've done similar. Who is harder to hire? That that manager who's a type A who kind of you know independent, or that staffer who's down there peeling stickers off or bagging or you know stacking boxes. I think the staffer is harder. Interesting. I, I am a type A. I kind of know how to handle that and what, what motivates me and how, how to speak and communicate with somebody like that. Um, but the staffer, you know, it's there, there are certain things that you have to have and certain things you have to do um, in order to, to get the job done. And, and sometimes it's very tough to find people that are that, are that motivated. When you, when you start getting into management and people that will manage part of your business, like they're, they're usually wired for that or they have some type of skill set that's already there. And it's you just really transitioning them and training them in that area of your business um, and, and what you need. Whereas, you know, if you're just looking at somebody that's working for 10 or 12 or 15 bucks an hour, um, that's going to peel stickers. You know, there's not always that motivation there. And and it's to me, it's tougher to to find that those good quality people and to get them to stay. Well, how do you because this would be interesting to understand. How do you get a store manager to stay? Right. So you have people that maybe run part of your divisions, right? Or doing, you know, overseeing it, maybe the right term. Um, how do you get them to stay? Because that type A, like you, um, 
They've got their own ideas, their independence. They have plans for themselves. How do you get them to stay? Well, first of all, you have to realize why you hire them. You hire them to manage your business and manage a certain part. And a lot of that is to free, for, for me anyways, to free myself up so I can do other things. So are you giving them rope? I mean, is that what you're doing? Is you're giving them, uh, yeah, hey, here, are the, here are the fences that you could stay in. Please just stay in there. But when you're in there, it's your yard. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I mean, the thing is, we just talked about, I think we talked about this or maybe it was before, but like everybody makes mistakes. Like They're going to make mm-hmm. a mistake and you got to realize that and you got to let them know that it's okay to make a mistake. Um, like we're, you know, there are most, most of the mistakes that, that happen, you can't, you know, you can fix them. We yeah. prep something wrong or you're not saving we, lives, right? You're, you're yeah, it's, right. it's stuff that can be fixed. I mean, um, and so, yeah, you give them rope and, and you encourage them. And the thing for me though, for us is, you know, one thing, the reason why people stay with us, I believe, and I had somebody tell me this, um, was that we're flexible. You know, if you, if you think about somebody that's been in a store management position or worked for a corporation, like there, there is huge expectations. You're almost expected to work all the time. I remember when I was a district manager, like I was really home one day a week and I was mm-hmm. traveling the rest and working at night. Um, and so you got to figure out what's important to them, but giving them flexibility. Like my people, we, we work seven to two thirty. Oh, my, my staff does. And if they need to go to the doctor or they have something come up or a dentist appointment, like it's, they don't even, I mean, they just say, Hey, I have this. Um, and so for me, the, that, that flexibility, we don't pay the absolute most, but the flexibility and, you know, the ability to come in and enjoy your job, having fun, um, working with people that you like. I mean, that's, that I think is, is more for that type of employee and even for, for management to, to have that flexibility. I always used to use this example. Why was it okay for me to go and see my son play soccer, but it's not okay for my employees? I mean, am I that much more important? Forget it. I always insisted on that stuff because that's, that's life, right? You don't want them to miss that part of life. So, you know, there is a balance. Sometimes you can't have it too often, but, but it, it just, you got to think about other people because, you know, they let you flex, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think about the, the time that I travel. I mean, I look at my first quarter or first half of the month, first half of the year, sorry, and I'm gone seven or eight times. They're allowing me to do that. I mean, we built a team and we built systems that I'm able to do that. But you you have to think, I don't want them to, just what you said is I don't want them to be grudging me, have a grudge toward me because I'm able to do that and they're not. Yeah, 100%. Why, why you get a vacation and they see your picture on Facebook and then they're not allowed to? I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, you just got me thinking about something. When you're on the road for that many trips, how are you managing from afar? I mean, is it a well, high-level discussion, or are you just dealing with a couple people? I'm really just dealing with two people. Yeah, and my, my managers. You know, I just let it kind of trickle down from there. Um, I mean, I'm in, I'm in constant communication with them. So it's it's nothing, nothing like, mind-blowing. You know, we most of our stuff that we do is on Google Sheets hmm. or Google Docs, and so everybody can see the workflow and all that through there. Um, I'm, you know, if I'm in a situation, I get a phone call from them, like, you know, I know that they're not calling me just to chat, something important. So I'm always available, but it's, uh, just putting trust in your people. And that's something that you have to learn as well. Um, Mm. and eventually you just kind of let them, you know, I, I, there are days that I don't even go out really in the warehouse and and look over everything or or feel that need to, because I know every time that I do, I, when I spot check stuff and I look at stuff, the feedback from the customers, like I trust them. So 
So how long did it take for you to get that confidence? Um, I mean, you've been selling on Amazon since 2013. When did your warehouse open up for other customers? Um, well, I've, I've done prep for people like friends. This kind of, you talked about for probably four or five years. Okay. So, so for um, five years, so how long back, go back five years, how long were you in there where you started to say, okay, I can truly step back. I mean, that first hire, the second hire, third hire, what was it? Uh, I mean, it was probably the second or second or third hire. I mean, mm-hmm. really six months to a year in, um, because like for even now we have people that come in at night and prep and there's, I'm, I'm not there. So interesting. So they're getting a jump for the next day. Is that what they're doing? Yeah, we have we have several people that work full time jobs and they just want a little extra income, so they come in at night and do certain things. But it's it's all about your communication and and you know laying your things out the way you should, having actual processes in place, so that way there's no question really when 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 you're communicating what exactly should be done. Why why are you? on this side of the business, not working for someone else. I mean, because, you know, I mean, and I know, I know somebody who's way up in, I guess I shouldn't say their company, but I mean, like regional, um, whole East coast and one of the giant brands, I mean, way, way up there. I mean, it's, he's, he's on the president level conversations he's having and it makes it ungodly amount of money, huge benefits. However, like you said, he's chained to the to the um, airplane pretty much because it's all he does is travel. Um, but the, for him, I could see that that's his thing. He could never do this side of it. Why are you on this side of it? Because you have those abilities. No, I, and I did have those aspirations. You know, I, I wanted to be a regional manager. I wanted to climb the ladder. And honestly, that's what I did from probably 2008 until 2012 or so. Um, and, and I loved it. And I thought that's all I would want to do. And then I stumbled into Amazon, stumbled into being an entrepreneur is another something that I chose or wanted or had dreams to do. It just kind of happened. Um, and for me, like I have a seven year old daughter and the freedom is, is what keeps me here. And, and also it's to me, I I view entrepreneurship as a game just to see Mm. how good you can get. And I'm very, uh, competitive. I love sports. And so, you know, it's not that you're comparing, because I think that's that's one of the biggest challenges people have is comparing themselves to other. But if you can beat yourself every day and you can become better every day and you've set your own goals um, and, you're, and you're not answering to anybody else, to me, that's that's what's going to happen. And I want to show my daughter uh, those certain things like, I, you know, just like most people you talk to, you, you, not everybody grows up in an ideal situation and you're you feel like if you would have been given different opportunities or, or maybe other opportunities, um, that things would have turned out different maybe. And so I want to be able to give my daughter every opportunity to succeed. And to me, entrepreneurship is the way I, I think I can do that. Well, and you're teaching her that, that she's not defined by somebody else, right? She's defined by herself. I mean, that's, that to, especially for a young woman, that's huge that she doesn't have to rely on some man, you know, oh, I'm going to get me started on that. Oh um, yeah. I, Cause <laughs> you and I both feel, I know, I feel, I know we feel the same way. It's just, it's nonsense. Um, oh, so you said something. Are you a natural entrepreneur or a learned entrepreneur? Oh, I'm definitely learned. You're learned. Um, Because there are people that you meet and you and I have met that don't believe they are. I'm not not an entrepreneur. I'm definitely risk averse. So I am not the traditional entrepreneur, but I'm definitely learned on that side too. So you can be. Oh, I think you can. I think it's a skill. I mean, there are certain Mm. qualities that you have to have. Okay. What are they? Um, Give me a couple. Oh my gosh! Now you're gonna put me on the spot. Yeah, yeah sorry. Um, well, no, but I—I'll I, give you one that I would say. I'm a noticer. I notice things for whatever reason. I could walk in and say, like, "Huh, 
that's different. That's unusual. That's peculiar. That's odd. And so I'm naturally inquisitive on that. And so, boom, yeah. that okay. gi- that leads me to, you know, opportunities. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I have always had the appetite to learn and not mm-hmm. necessarily in school. I did not enjoy that. But as far as um, learning how to make money, learning how to become better at whatever it is, um, to me, I mean, that's that's one thing that I've, I've always enjoyed learning, trying to get better, whether it's uh, a new process or whether it's how to do this or how to do that. Um, and sometimes you get the, the shiny object syndrome and you got to rein yourself in. But uh, I've always had the appetite to, to be better at whatever it is I'm doing. You, you're a, a process person or you, you aspire to be better at process, correct? Forever. Absolutely. Like, I don't think yeah. there's any way you could ever, I mean, uh, until the day when you don't even have to think about it. Then I mean that might be the ultimate process, right? When it just magically happens, nobody thought about it, and boom, magic, right? Yeah. Um, so, when you're making changes, and I think this is important for people to think about too, you're not making. Well, I shouldn't put words in your mouth. We are not making sweeping changes in our business. We are making small incremental changes. Can you talk about that in your business? Yeah, I mean, I think first of all, if you have a team, you need to listen to their feedback. Um, especially if, if you're not the one out there, you know, for me, it's, it's really wouldn't be ideal for me to go out there and change a process and the workflow of how we prep things without consulting my team because they're the ones doing it. And, you know, I, and I do encourage that. And I say, Hey, you know, if you find a better way to do this, you think there's a better way to do this, um, or to, if we can become more efficient or however it is, like bring that to me. Um, and so we really encourage that. And so, you know, the small changes, you, you can you can either adjust or you know counter correct if, if it doesn't work um, but if you're gonna make a huge change you know it, it's my friend Gary says little little hinges swing big doors um, and I think that's kind of appropriate for this but it, if you're gonna make a huge change in your business um, you, you better consult quite a few people um, kind of play out every scenario and uh, even even ask for advice outside of your circle. Yeah, you don't want people just yes and need to that because the other thing is that skill sets don't you might not match. You know, it makes that there are some people who are just natural. They could just do that. That doesn't mean you could do it, and that's hard as a guy to admit, but that's the truth. Oh, absolutely. And you you bring up a good point there too. Your whole process may be predicated on the skill set that you have with your team right now, and you making a change does not line up with their skill skill set, even though. You know, at the core of, of the change of, of your process is, is a good, it's, it's an idea that is probably going to, in the long run, work. Um, your, your team may not be capable of that. Hmm. And that doesn't mean you failed, right? I mean, the market changes. You know, I don't know about you, Todd, but Amazon keeps changing things, and they don't call me and ask me. And they don't, <laughs> they don't say, Steve, what do you think? Nobody ever calls. I'm waiting. Right. But those changes affect, right? I mean, how many things have affected you last year? Oh, plenty. I mean, whether it's a, a small change in inventory lab or the way Amazon does box content or shipping or, or whatever it is. Um, and, you know, that's probably that's another entrepreneurial, I think, quality is that you have the ability to adapt and you're not just really we have to do it this way. Because because the bottom line is, is that my income comes from Amazon, whether it's prep or whether it's me selling. And if we're not able, we, if we don't have the ability to adapt and adapt quickly, then we're going to lose money. We're not going to be profitable. And and to be fair, none of the channels have made sweeping changes. They've made small incremental changes. When you step back and look at it, you know, box level content, you know, some people were doing it, some people weren't. It's 
it's pretty simple, right? Uh, simple, not easy is the phrase we use a lot here. But it, it's really not drastic changes to your model or your, your actions, correct? Correct. Yeah. I mean, at the time when you first read the oh, email. Oh, it was devastating. Or, or oh, my God. oh, my gosh. What are we yeah. going to do? <laughs> but then you think about it, and you, three months down the road, or even 30 days later, it, you're, it's really not even an issue anymore. I struggle to remember the things that we didn't do. You know what I mean? Like, you just, you know, you've been at BA for so long. It's just like, I mean, yeah, somebody's like, oh, do you remember when? I'm like, no, not really. I guess the days just blended together. I knew we did something different, but I can't yeah. retain it. <laughs> this is the way we know how to do it now. Maybe it's like rote in my mind. Um, it overrides my computer brain. Um. Let's talk about uh, why we have warehouse service businesses, because I think this is an important conversation. Is that because you, you're in you're in uh, Gay and Gary's group, um, the uh, the tribe, and you see new sellers coming in and they don't have the capital because this is a capital intensive business. Um, for us, it was a great way to supplement our capital to allow us to invest into inventory. How about for you? Well, I mean, we, we kind of have a prep center by default, I guess. Um, and it necessarily wasn't something we went after. Uh, we had the warehouse space. We actually had a retail store, a liquidation store for a while. Um, we decided to close that and keep it. Um, and we had prepped stuff previously. But every time that we have seen growth is either when we've hired somebody to do a process that we didn't want to do or didn't enjoy or needed to alleviate a bottleneck or when we moved to a warehouse space. And we've moved several times. Um, and so for us, that was just the next level. But if ask your question again sorry I well no I, and i don't know that i asked it well because i think i i don't want to lead you into what your opinion is for us what i'm saying is that it allowed us um because we're, we're we both have similar revenue numbers when it comes to uh warehouse services pretty similar um and it's scaled i mean it's pretty scaled not not we're not a warehouse like we don't have that many clients but ours are just a little different type um, but it allows us to have paid staff here that allow us then to do all the other things. And that's what kind of works for us. For you, I think, I think you sound like you were similar, what you were explaining. No, I was. Yeah. I, yeah. We, we have, I mean, it's, it's extra income, of course. And we use that. I use that too. I mean, we live in a really small community. We have 2,600 people in our town. Oh, wow. Um, we have 12 people that work for us in our warehouse, not all full time. Um, so we provide, that's a lot of jobs for a small provide town. jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then also, you know, I, for us, for me to be able to grow, I mean, I have aspirations to do of course more than what we're doing personally. Um, if, if I'm going to go out and really just scale my business, I, got, I have to have people ready, um, and, and trained. And so part of that is, is that, um, having oh. extra clients, um, we, we are able to, I mean, the warehouse space where we are is really uh, cost effective. It's super cheap compared to anywhere else. Um, we have the cheapest tax rate in the state of Missouri. Um, so if people, you know, as far as sending stuff to us, so for us, part of the thing is, is being able to provide, uh, a, uh, a service for people that really need it hmm. to be able to help them, um, succeed. You know, there are people that work full-time jobs or people that, um, they can't afford warehouse space where they are. And for them to send it to us makes it, make makes sense and so for us to be able to to say that we maybe had a little bit of part of somebody's success just by us helping them um, outsource some products or outsource some areas and to me that's that's great um, it also does you know my whole goal really is to pay for all of my overhead 
with the warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. Or with, with my, with, with the prep yep. is, is the ultimate goal. Um, we're not quite there yet, but we're, we're getting close. And then that allows me, you know, we're not really huge into private label yet, but that allows me to do that or to branch outside of Amazon, like our mastermind group. We've got some ideas on, on business ideas outside of Amazon. So for me to have that cash that I don't really need that I can pull from my Amazon businesses is ideal. We, we, uh, when I usually describe it, I describe it as foundational. So that's our foundation, right? That, that money comes in and we can count on that our rent's covered or this staffer's covered this blah, 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 blah. And by doing that now, this little piece is gravy on top of that. And this piece is gravy on top of it. So pretty similar. <laughs> yeah. And you know, one thing I've heard too is with streams of income is not all of them are going to be huge flows. I mean, some of them are going to be little trickles, um, but they all end up in the same place and they all count. Well, you said something earlier, too, that I think is really important. I don't know that you planned it this way, but you're a better seller on your stuff because you see the flow of other your, – your staff gets better workflow, so you get the best of them. Does that, does that make sense? They're the best trained because they've done all these other people's stuff. So when you bring in your own products or whatever, you're just – you're getting the best of the best. Oh, absolutely. With 27 cu- customers, like you see – stuff that i mean they they'll bring me something and be like i have no idea how to prep this i'm like well let's let's walk through this let's figure it out um and so when that's my stuff i i, I mean i i would just left the warehouse um to uh to, to talk to you and like my staff is just there prepping i, I don't touch anything i don't know what i order because i have a buyer do all that like it's yeah they they are it, it does make them better and it keeps them efficient keeps work well, they're not we're not finding stuff for them to do like they're always busy and they enjoy that too, I think. And I, one more thought I would think is that probably it's more organized. It has to be. When you're moving that much, you're spinning that many plates, you have to be organized. There's no way you couldn't be. And that is not one of my strong suits, to believe it or not. I am not a very organized people, but I've hired people that yeah. make me be organized. And yes, we are. My my manager is super organized. Um, and like he, he keeps the warehouse spotless. He keeps everything in the right spot. You don't want it to be out of the wrong spot because you don't want to talk to him about it because, you know, it's, and he, he does that for me. Now, one of the things we're doing a little different this year, too, is we're upgrading some of the tools. Like, we, we bootstrapped everything we have. So, like, all my shelves, and then we do a lot of Merchant Fulfilled, like, scaled Merchant Fulfilled. So, that adds to the complexity sometimes. So, we have shelves as far as the eye can see that we bought from closed stores in the back rooms and stuff. But... One of the things, like pallet jacks and things like that, we bought those used years ago. I mean, we've been using them, I don't know, 10 years probably. But, you know, they were old then when we got them. And so this year we're investing in some of those things. Can you talk about investments you've made into your business or you're planning on making to try to make it easier for your staff to do the work? Um, you know, a lot of it for me is technology. Oh. Um, you know, I... I I, I will always invest in technology as far as um, computer systems, bigger monitors, what, whatever they really need to make sure that they're super efficient. Um, that, I, that to me is, is where the frustration lies um, a lot of times. And so I want to make sure that yeah, they, they have. They're obsolete so darn quick, correct? Right. And stuff changes so quick. Um, you know, and it's just for me, I, I'm a technology guy anyway. I enjoy that stuff. I enjoy super fast computers and big monitors. And, you know, I, I want, like, I, I, we have our stations. I mean, they have, everybody has a 32 inch monitor. We have well, two I was going to ask you that. Right can you go through, can you go through what you would recommend somebody who's setting up a station? So you see a 32 inch monitor. I mean, that's huge. That's not, yeah. you're not playing around there. No, I mean, I, you know, it's, I want them to be able to see it. It's, it's screen mirrored with our, with our laptops. 
Um, everybody has, this, of course, a barcode scanner. We have Dymo printers. Um, it's it's on a rolling cart that is eye level, so they're not bent over. Um, that that's the kind of stuff that you know I want them to I want them to be comfortable. They're on their feet all day. So and I and I want it. I, I don't want them squinting and bending over. So I, I, I will always invest in technology. Now we we like you say on the feet. We actually put mats now. Those fatigue mats because yes, it, you know absolutely. we're big concrete. We're in a our building was built in 1960, so it's, it's eight feet of concrete on the underneath, and it's not comfortable. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, and we use table risers on every table, so they're not. I mean, so it's it raises them. I don't know exactly what the, the measurements is, but eight or ten inches. So. I mean, everything is right there. They're not bent over. They're not hunched. So, again, thinking uh, what it takes to keep. Because when somebody leaves, it's not one reason. It's it's a hundred reasons, right? Those table risers are one of the hundred, right? That oh, uh, that cart, right, making it easier, or the big screen. All those are reasons that people leave. By eliminating those, uh, you know, when people are weighing the job, hey, it's more good than bad. Yeah, and I think what a lot of people don't realize. Um, is that training a brand new employee is one of the biggest costs any business will ever have. So for me, employee, re, you know, retaining your employees, whether it's being flexible or whether it's making sure that they have what they need. I mean, I, I, I don't buy stuff. I don't, I don't just run to Best Buy and, and buy a 32 inch screen. Like I do a little bit of research. And so for me to spend 150 or 200 bucks on a 32 inch monitor so that somebody is comfortable so they can see what they're doing and not be frustrated. Like to me, that's a no brainer. Right. There's no decision. That, no. I mean, long term, that's that's going to pay off and pay for itself many, many, many times over, as opposed to us training somebody brand new in our systems or our process slowing down. Well, you're setting them up for success, Todd. I mean, that's really it, right? You're you're trying to eliminate all the reasons that they could stumble. Um, and that's that's what a good leader does. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to look at it. I'm going to start using that. Thank you. You can use that. I, it, it's true, <laughs> but you set them up for success. Why Why would you set somebody up for failure, right? Hey, have you ever had somebody set you up for failure in your life? If you've been in the corporate world, the answer is yes. Oh, yeah. And I was the CFO. Yeah. My job was to cut. They, they brought me in to save the money, not to enhance the money, right? Yeah. So yeah, why? Why again? We're back to if it was good enough for you, why? Why not for somebody else? And and I just think more people need to think of other people, um, or how they want to be treated. I guess the golden rule, right? How you want to be treated, you should be treating others. Yeah, and invest in your team. Invest in people. Like that's that's the key. I mean, we we do simple things. I mean, the back half of our warehouse isn't heated or cooled, um, and that's probably about fifty five hundred square feet, maybe six thousand. Ooh, that's um, cold. And so, so like if they're back there on a winter day organize the stuff we got a truckload in like i'm freaking buying them pizza and i'm giving them i'm bringing them donuts and just little stuff like that like i'm and you know they're eating on the clock like they're not clocking out for lunch um it's that little stuff i think that when you think about things think about your team if you're if you're really trying to invest in your people you'll find ways to to make them feel special and appreciated I think your hours are a huge help. I mean, to be done by 2.30, you could still have a life. I mean, you could get out of there and actually stores are still open, doctor's offices are still – I mean, you could actually have a life. Absolutely, yeah. Kids, kids aren't home from school yet. I mean, that's, that's real. That's, we, we have a couple um, ladies that have kids in school, younger kids, um, and they, they're allowed to come in at 8 after, they're, after they drop their kids off at school or get them on the bus, and they still leave at 2.30. Some of them leave right at 3. But, yeah, I mean, they're – they're working while their kids are at school, and that's, that is tough to find, and that is a benefit, and that's a perk. Hmm. Well, oh, here, here's the uh, the term I want to use: work perks. One of my work guys, perks. You, work perks, W E R K perks, work perks. All right, 
I'm writing this down. Come on, that's a good one. Your staff will like that. It work is. perks. They like work. What, what were the work perks? Oh, uh, jogging pants. Uh, one of the guy goes, he, and that's what he said it to me. He goes, oh, Steve, work perks. I'm like, what? <laughs> what is that? And he's, uh, they're younger, you know, and uh, they're things they say are crazy. Um, how about, how do you deal with, uh, you know, diversity of staff? I mean, uh, are they, like, I have young guys that work for us right now. Um, so I'm talking age uh, diversity. Um, how do you how do you manage that? Um, or is everybody the same age uh, in your place? No, we have a, a pretty wide range. Um, we have our youngest is 19. Our oldest, I don't know, and I'm not going to say even if I did. Um, but there, there's a there's a wide range, and you know, I I don't manage it honestly. It just kind of happens. Um, mm. We really don't have any any rifts, and and I think that goes back to them being happy. Or trying to make them as happy as they can with the stuff that we can control, because if if your if your staff is disgruntled or, or doesn't want to come to work, um, they're going to find ways to to cause conflict, whether it's with you or another staff member um, or the process. And so I think you can really uh, kind of head that off if you are looking at it from a standpoint of how how can I make this the place that they want to come to work? How did how can I make this something enjoyable? Hmm. So. I think being mindful is just so important. The fact that you're paying attention to that stuff, that's hence the reason for success. Eh, I already wrote your uh, title. Um, your team is the real secret to your success on Amazon. That's clearly uh, what's driving your business. Hands down, absolutely. I will I will say that a, a, a million times. I We would not be anywhere close to where we are um, without a team. Mm. Um, a team will, will push you. You don't have to drag them. They'll, they'll push you. Um, what are you doing this year to invest in your business for yourself um, or your management? Um, I mean, I know you're getting ready to go uh, on a, I guess, a training. I guess I'll call it that. But you're going to visit another seller uh, process. Um, what are you doing to invest in yourself this year? Well, you know, I therefore I think last year it was we, we went to a, a ton of different conferences and some of them didn't have anything to do with Amazon. And we really didn't get anything out of that, um, honestly. We, we came back with a bunch of ideas that we never implemented. And so, you know. <laughs> I get two notebooks full usually at a good yeah, conference. <laughs> yeah. And, and it just, I don't know stuff, where they're at, but they're good. Stuff happens. You know, you, life happens again. Um, but so this year, we decided we're going to invest in relationships, learning how to um, master the art of, of relationships. And so for me, uh, it's uh, instead of spending money to go to a conference, I'm going to spend money to go be with another seller to build a relationship, to learn their process for us to hopefully give them something back in return. Um, and you know, relationships were a huge key for us last year. And I, I, that's, that's what we're investing in is, is building those long-term relationships. I mean, I just think part of it has come, um, well, a lot of it honestly has come from gay and Gary's group. Yeah, and, and the quality which you shouldn't be in. in. You're too big of a seller. Why are you in one of these small groups that blah, 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 blah. Right. I mean, it's probably people are looking down their nose at you like, what's he doing in here? He's, he's a big seller. Yeah, well, I, I believe that I can, I can still learn a ton of different stuff. 100%. Um, and and I, that's, that's, again, that's part of the game. Um, I mean, even Jordan, you know, he knows that he can get, he, at his peak he can get better. And so you want to surround yourself with, with people that will push you and will make you better. And I, I, one of the, the big things I gather from, from that group is, is belief. Mindset. Mindset. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, there are people in there, you know, that do millions and millions and millions of dollars. And so for you to be able to see, especially when you talk to them, that they're, they're just like you. 
They've, they've, they've maybe done a few things differently. They've maybe been selling just a little bit longer, um, but it's, it's attainable. And I think that's, that's the big thing is, is the belief and the mindset from the group and, you know, the relationships that we've built and the, the, the doors that they have opened, even in, since we've, we've been in, I think the group since June or something like that, but even the relationships that we've built during that time have changed our business dramatically even even in a short period and it's not just business wise it's a big it's, statement ton i just want to pause for a second that that's a big statement you were doing seven figures before you got there and you're saying that they have changed your business dramatically absolutely without a doubt i mean that's a big statement it is and i and i could give you i mean i could spend the next hour probably giving you very specific examples no um, I, I wouldn't mind two um i don't want to go too much deeper in that because she has asked me, Gay has asked me to do uh, 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 an interview with you and someone else um, for them. And I said I would do that. Um, and so I, I don't want to go too deep on it. But I, I do want to, because I do get a lot of people like, well, hey, should I join this particular group? And, and I get contacted by all the groups. And my answer is always find the people that you connect the most with, you know, where you don't feel like you're a leech and they're just sucking you dry. Right, that, that that balance of where you can add value and you're getting value added to you, you know. Um, to me, that's what you look for. Um, so, so give us give it give me two. Two examples. Yeah, two examples where you think that they've added value to your successful business. You're talking about the relationships inside of the group that we built. Yep. Yeah. So um, we had uh, part of their, you know, the group is, is a coaching program. Um, that they offer, which tribe. Is, is, yeah, the tribe, which is hands down the best that I've went through. Um, That's a big statement as, again, as because as, you've been in corporate America for a long time. You might have been to a yes. lot of training, haven't you? <laughs> but as far as actionable content that you can implement right there, that you will see almost immediate changes in your business, sometimes immediate, um, depending on the level that you are, but that, that I, I believe that. Um, and so they had a, a meetup at one of the, at Gary's home. And, um, I was fortunate. I, I invited two guys to come stay with me and one of them, uh, introduced me to a new part of my business. Um, and it's a part that I, you, you probably couldn't get in without knowing very specific people. And so just by us, you know, reaching out and asking them to stay and building a relationship and we're friends. I mean, I just talked to him last night on the phone uh, just kind of chit chatting some about business, but you know, we, we've been able to spend a huge, not huge, but a significant amount of money, um, just in the last couple months with the stuff that he's introduced us to. So, and it's, he's coached just along the way kind of, you know, it's, it's a niche, niche market. Um, he's really offered us advice. Let us, I mean, let, let us in on the secrets, how to do this, how to do that, what's worked for him. And this is a guy that does millions and millions of dollars. And so but they that, don't, they, they, nobody does that. That doesn't exist. Yes, it does. It is. It's rare. I mean, honestly, it's rare. But I, I find. In, I don't think it's as rare as you think. That's probably true. I just we just haven't put ourselves in the position. Yeah, um, I think you got because you gave. Right. You didn't go in and suck their information dry. You had to develop a relationship. Yeah. And like we now we prep as products for some of the stuff um, for him. And so it's, you know, it's, and the thing is, is we, for us, for it to work, we've got to provide some value too. We can't just want, 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 take, take, take. There's got to be that, that balance. 
I, I told you in our, when we were doing our pre-call, we were talking a little bit, and I, we have a client that won't be coming back with us next year because it was a win-one position, I call it. You know, you, and, I, and I literally said, you win. You, I'm not arguing with anybody. I refuse to. Um, even when I said, I'm losing money on your products. And they knew it. And they weren't completely clear with what it was going to be. And it's just like, hey, I'm like, here's the situation, and here it is. And you know, I think back to the times that somebody would have came to me and said, hey, here's the situation. I would have made it right. You know, I'd be like, oh, okay, let me make it right for you. You know, I don't want, you know. But I don't want those kind of relationships in my life. I don't want them. Not healthy. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So so that's one. Uh, the second one, I mean, I could, I'm trying to figure out which one I – I mean, the other one is is one of the leaders there. I mean, I I think I've developed a pretty good relationship with him. Um, and it's be it's Gary. Just, it is Gary. You know, I, um, Gary. I I think he's one of the best speaking people I've ever met in my life. Oh my God, he's so is, good. The dude is gifted. Yes, beyond and gifted. The, the way he communicates and and you know, I I thought it, at first it was just because we're very similar and he kind of knew how to talk to me and 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 get me motivated. Um, but I, I think overall just the way he communicates with people and he loves people and he really wants to see him succeed. I will tell um, you this, that, every single person sitting in the audience when he's speaking feels exactly the same way. He's yeah. talking to me cause he's like me, every single person. That's a and, gift. And he is, he is very gifted. Yes. And he's also successful on Amazon too. So, um, but you know, for me to be able to communicate with him and, and I, I just like him and he will tell you this, we a lot of times get in our own head. And the belief thing, you know, we, we sometimes doubt ourselves. And, and I think for an entrepreneur, that's the, the mindset and the way you talk to yourself and working on yourself um, is, is key. And for me to be able to chat with him or talk to him or for him, to, I can say something and he's already been through it and he knows how to talk to me about it. And um, it's to me that is worth its weight in gold. Um, and I, and he's, he's helped me through seasons in my life that, you know, I, I struggled in and and so as, as far as just being a friend and, and really wanting somebody to succeed and, and to become a better person, that, that to me is, is, uh, has, has, has really changed me in the last six months. Andy said something to me yesterday. He was here and he was like, uh, we get into the, something about imposter syndrome. You know, everybody has that, you know, and he's like, in other words, Steve get off your ass and do some work or whatever. I don't remember how he kicked me in the butt, but it's that relationship, that person that you can trust to be able to have that kind of conversation. That's what you find. Um, and that's what I found in their group too. I mean, and I haven't told anybody this. Um, I paid to have, they give it to me for free because they're sponsors of my show and everything, but I paid them. I insisted that I get to pay them because I have my son. I paid to have him join the tribe because of the value that they offer. I've not seen that from at least from the groups that I'm in, and I'm sure that other people have different relationships with different things. The value that they bring is so strong, and every person bar none. I haven't talked to anybody who hasn't had that same exact experience that you had, which you think is unique to you, Todd. This isn't a criticism, but how awesome is that, that 200-plus people are having the same experience? Yeah, and it goes right along with their their goal, just to create the most yeah. seven-figure sellers. teachers. Teachers. Yes. Yes. You know, when you think back to your corporate world, did you run into that in the corporate world? I did not. No, I mean, I, I had people that I, you know, can maybe consider mentors or that I, you know, had a, had a relationship with, but nothing like this. Nothing. I mean, nothing that, I mean, seriously, you go to one of their, 
if, if you're in the coaching and you go to one of their mastermind events, I mean, seriously, everybody there is, it's, it's like something I've never experienced. <laughs> Open, honest. I mean, you're, you're talking about your, your business and your process and this and that sharing secrets. Um, or, you know, they're not, not necessarily secrets, but stuff that you maybe have kept or confided in the past. You just know that, you know, you're there to help people and, and it's, it's, it's a great experience. And then they get value, and it didn't cost you anything. And then all of a sudden you realize, wow, I do have something I can add. And you stand a little bit taller, right? You get you get an inch taller every single time. You you know, that's pretty awesome. When you see somebody else's light bulb go on, that's, pretty, that's almost as rewarding as yours, isn't it? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I – and again, like, like I said with the prep, you know, if we're able to help somebody succeed – whether it's quit their job because um, of the income or whether it's just a, for them to have enough money to pay their car payment or, or whatever, you know, it, it, for us to have any part in somebody's success to me is, is so valuable. Mm-hmm. And for them to allow us to do that and, and to trust us to prep their product. Um, I mean, we take it serious. So that's pretty awesome. Okay. All right. So um, if, are you taking prep clients on still? Are you open to well, considering some? Yeah, we are. I mean, we, we want to have a conversation with the, individual or, or group at first um, make sure a that we <laughs> kind of hit it off when we talk yeah and then um, you know to make sure it's a good fit for both of us yeah and, we are and, and, and sometimes that's okay when it's not you know I mean that's that doesn't make it wrong it's just hey we're not the right one no we had somebody the other day that is <laughs> a good friend uh, I would say oh I guess that's a friend um, and it would have helped them out tremendously but it we, we both agreed that it just wasn't a good fit and there's like no hard feelings it's just how it is so do you have a website that, uh, for that, or is it just contacting you? No, just contacting me through okay. Facebook is, is okay. the easiest way. And yeah. I'll put the contact there. Okay. All right. So um, the last question I usually ask people, um, and, I, and I'm, I'm guessing, you know, maybe this will be a different perspective, because you have 27 clients. I'm sure some are doing really well, and some are you know, probably stumbling along, like most of us when we first started in this business. What's your advice if you take your – your stumbling client, what's the advice you would give them or you are giving them to help them push past that, uh, to start attaining that level of success that you, you know that they have the potential to be? Uh, the, the first key, I think, is momentum. Is it, Momentum is really hard to get, but it's really easy to lose. Um, and so, you know, you see mm-hmm. people that when they first start off, they'll send you a good amount of product. Um, and then maybe things didn't go as well as, as they wanted. Maybe they lost money, whatever it is, and they stop or they slow down. <clears throat> and when you do that, you're, it, it's very tough to regain your momentum. And I know this because of, of just different times in my life and my business. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to keep that momentum and keep your money moving and just learn from your mistakes, fix your mistakes, then, then it, you're going to have an easier time. Um, and it's the people that, that, that send us tons of product every month that they just, they're, they're successful because they, they, and they, they also, when you first start out, you know, um, the, the very, there's two questions we always get asked always the very first questions, what's the cost and are you tax free? And those are the two questions we always get asked at the very beginning. And the, 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 the part, you know, that people need to realize is a, it's not a cost. It's an investment. Right. You're, it's, it's an opportunity cost if you don't do it, um, if you keep doing things the way you're doing, because you're probably reaching out to us because there's something either broken, there's a bottleneck in your, in your system, and you need to alleviate that. 
And so if you're, if you go into it looking at, I'm going to invest into this and this is what my investment should net me. Uh, um, then I, I think that's, that's a mind shift that people need to change. And then also the tax free, um, I understand the tax is a big deal, but also, you know, if, if you a trust the people, their turnaround is quick, they're efficient, um, and they're accurate. To me, that is more valuable than not paying tax. Yeah, think about very, think about your best employee that you lost. You would have paid him more money to stay, wouldn't you? I mean, think or over your life, right? So yeah. why are you trying to get? You know, it's the win-win guy again, right? Why are you trying to squeeze me? And then make it not profitable for me, you know. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. So what you're describing is you shouldn't be the cheapest, Todd, because you're going to give them more service, right? Absolutely, yeah. We're not the cheapest. Um, we're not in a tax-free state. You know, you can you can you can do that if you want. But if, you, if you're looking for personal service, I mean, I, I communicate as of right now. Um, I communicate directly with every client that we have. They don't talk to anybody else. They have my cell phone. They they need to call me. We. They're, they're more than willing to or text me. Um, so like you talked about earlier, that personal service, like I'm, I am personally as the owner You're responsible. in their success and yeah. I, yes, I am 100% responsible. And if we screw up, I'll admit it and we'll fix it. Love it. Dude, that is, uh, hence the reason you're having so much success. I mean, just, it is really cool to sit back and think about that. You're not even like, you're just getting started. I mean, that's, that's what blows my mind. I mean, you're like, you're you're a ten X guy, aren't you? I, I am, and actually, that's one of my favorite books. Ten X, <laughs> um, and I and I do feel like I mean, I was talking to Gay about this the other day, and, and just about some things about the tribe and all this, and and she even said like, "Your guys are getting ready to step into your own, like you're getting ready mm. to turn the corner." Wow. And, and 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 that's going to always change. Like the corner is always going to change, no matter what part of your business you're in. But you know, when when somebody breathes that life into you like that the confidence that you get and and I do, I do believe we're 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 poised to have our best year ever and you're breathing it into your daughter you're demonstrating for her and so what's what's potential oh I love it. All right. So I'm going to put your uh, Facebook contact. That's the best way to get in touch with you. Man, I, I really appreciate you taking the time and I wish you nothing but success. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, Stephen. How cool is that guy? Uh, just knows so much, uh, offers so much, and um, you know, admits that he wants to work on himself as a person. That's cool. That's a hundred percent I can relate to. You know, why not be a better person? Why can't we all? You know, and why not build other people up? Why not invest in other people? Why not help? Kind of one of his missions is to help other sellers achieve success that they probably couldn't get on their own. Um, and he'll tell you that it's because he's gotten lots of help from other people. So there's a clue right there. Help other people and magically you get helped. Ecommercemomentum.com, ecommercemomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce momentum podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.